You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. This I beheld, or dreamed it in a dream. There spread a cloud of dust along a plain, and underneath the cloud, or in it, raged a furious battle, and men yelled, and swords shocked upon swords and shields. A prince's banner wavered, then staggered backward, hemmed by foes. A craven hung along the battle's edge, and thought, had I a sword of keener steel? that blue blade that the king's son bears. But this blunt thing, he snapped and flung it from his hand, and lowering crept away and left the field. Then came the king's son, wounded and sore bestead, and weaponless, and saw the broken sword, hilt buried in the dry and trodden sand, and ran and snatched it, and with battle shout, Lifted afresh, he hewed his enemy down, and saved a great cause that heroic day. Welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet, coming to you from Greeley, Colorado. Whatever others might say about that fact, I don't think it's half bad. I just read for you Opportunity by Edward Roland Sill, a poem which two of my boys have done for recitations over the past few years, homeschooling events or speech and demo day with 4-H when we were still in Sydney, Montana, before we moved down here just two years ago. Opportunity by Edward Roland Sill. Today is September 5th, 2021. It's a Sunday morning. Right now, as I say this, it is 5.56, which is fun because that is the caliber of round that an AR-15 takes, 5.56. Could have also recorded this at 2.23, but we'll take what we've got. I think 5.56 in the morning is preferable. You'll get more out of me. Today is... Season 3, episode 141, and I want to talk about opportunity. I want to talk about what it can mean when something comes along that presents new chances of gaining, of growing, of building, of exploring, of doing something new chances to do something good and right and exciting and beautiful. And just what a relief that can be. What a relief it can be when something new comes along that is fresh and worthwhile. Opportunity, the poem, is all about what we think we need. This coward on the edge of the battle thinks that he needs a sword like the prince's sword, like the king's son's sword, a fancy sword, and nothing less will do. If he doesn't have that fancy, 
expensive, specially crafted sword, then he might as well not even participate in the battle at all. And so he takes the blade that he has, he takes what he does have, and he flings it away and he leaves. He gives up because he doesn't have the tool that the king's son has. He's apparently not a man of means himself, certainly not to the level, to the extent that the king's son is. And yet, what do you find as the story continues on? The king's son finds himself surrounded, hemmed in. He loses his weapon. But wait, there is the sword that the coward threw away. And he takes what's at hand. He seizes the opportunity and he wins. He takes this blunt thing, as the craven says, and he hews his enemy down and he wins the battle and he saves a great cause. That's such an evocative story. You know, I think to myself about two years ago, the opportunity to move to Colorado. I was working for Incana at the time as an instrumentation technician, not instrumentation and electrical, just instrumentation. And what that means is that I wasn't dabbling in 110 volt, 220, 480. I wasn't dabbling in high voltage equipment. I was working with low voltage instrumentation and controls. So if a transmitter or a switch or a meter was acting up, not working correctly, or if a PLC was all of a sudden not responding, or an HMI was all of a sudden not responding, or a burner management system was all of a sudden not responding, I get the call, I go to site, I scope it out, I investigate, assess the situation, try a few things, go through the process of elimination, and I get that thing either working again or I replace it. And if something more is needed at the level of an electrician, then you call the electricians and they come out and they do their part and you do your part. But I was always low voltage. All the time that I was in North Dakota, you couldn't even touch higher voltage stuff without being an electrician if you wanted job security. But some places are different. Some places have a very different mindset about that. And they will reverse it. And they will say, you had better work on this or you risk job security. Frankly, myself, I find that stressful. And I find that perhaps even a bit unethical. But I have been known when threatened, when forced with a decision to take my chances because at the end of the day, I want to provide for my family. And what's my life worth anyway? I've got to bring home the bacon. I've got to put food on the table. I've got to put clothes on backs, books in hands, keep that roof over our heads. How much better, though, if you have an opportunity 
when you have an opportunity to get into a situation where you're able to do that all the more holistically. That's why we moved to Colorado two years ago. We moved to Colorado because in Eastern Montana, as many perks and as many good qualities as Eastern Montana has, and it does have a few, but as many as it has, access to good healthcare is not one of the perks in Eastern Montana, not by a long shot. Access to cultural enrichment, educational opportunities. There are some because this is the Lewis and Clark Trail and this is the West and there's things you can go and do and see and all that. But we did those. We saw those within the first few years. And you need more than just places to go on a field trip, in my opinion. Especially as my sons, my oldest sons, are within a stone's throw of graduating high school. There's not good options for colleges and universities close at hand there. Yes, they could go to Montana State, but I'm not wild about that. I'm not crazy about that idea. You would think Montana State would be a conservative university. Not so. So we moved to Colorado first and foremost. Number one reason to get my wife, especially to a lesser extent my children, closer to good access to healthcare options. Closer than Billings, which is four and a half hours one way in good weather from Sydney, Montana. Or a care flight. But that's not something you want to do. Not unless you have to. I wanted to get my wife closer to good health care options because when she had a surgery in the summer of 2019, I had no option except to take her and our youngest son, John, to go to Billings, stay with my aunt and uncle, Brenda and Vic, and to drop off our children, our other children, at three other places, three other families, because it wasn't going to be feasible to take my wife to her knee surgery with all seven children in tow, or leave all seven children with my Uncle Vic and Aunt Brenda, as nice as they are. That would be a lot. So, four and a half hours one way, all of our children are staying with other people, and you're gone for several days, and the time that I had to take off right around the 4th of July, 2019, was stressful because my job right then, it had good pay from an hourly wage standpoint, but no PTO, no sick time, no leave, no paid leave. And so I really didn't take as much time as I needed to in order to give her a chance to recover. And I'm rushing around and I'm not rested because I'm going from one thing into the next. So this opportunity in Colorado to get down here, get my family down here, this opportunity was welcome because I needed to do something different. I wasn't not providing anything. I was providing something rather, but I wasn't 
providing in all of the ways that I felt strongly that I need to be providing. There are lots of dimensions to provision. And you do the best you can and you trust the good Lord for the rest. But if an opportunity is there, close at hand, why wouldn't you reach for it? Why would you quibble about it? If there's an opportunity to pick up a sword because you lost yours in the battle and you're surrounded, hemmed in by foes, wounded, sore, bestead, then you reach for the weapon which some other bloke has tossed and you pick it up and you fight your way out and you save a great cause. So I think right now, for a lot of us, looking at the macro, it's easy to feel discouraged in a lot of our micros. Our micros are affected by the macro. What's going on on the national scene, on the international scene, is a bit overwhelming. and It's easy to feel wounded and sore bestead ourselves because what's happening on the national and international scene does affect us. And it may affect us yet more directly. If something catastrophic happens, what's that going to do to us? Are we ready for that? Well, a couple of things. One, we'll be all the more ready if we take every opportunity as it comes up and make the most of it. We'll be ready for what comes all the better if we're taking opportunities to love our families, to work hard, to improve our skill set, to raise our, elevate our portfolio of abilities. If we're trusting the good Lord, we're leaning on him, then when tough times come, and those things, those are just habits. Those are like breathing to us because we've practiced them then we're not caught flat-footed. We're ready. We're prepared. Furious battles do happen. Men yell and swords shock upon swords and shields. But the question is, what do we do in that moment? Are we ready to be in that moment in good times? You take opportunities that don't seem like they would make that big of a difference, but... Lo and behold, they end up being cumulative. They end up being built one on the next on the next. So I, for one, am excited at some potential opportunities right now that I am exploring. We'll see what comes of them. God willing, we live and do this or that. I am not going to boast. I may be disappointed if certain things don't work out the way that I want them to, but I'm not going to boast. I'm not going to brag about my plans. I'm making plans, and by God's grace, those plans come to fruition. But God is the one who establishes those plans. We can devise all we like. And if the Lord doesn't build a house, the laborers labor in vain. Why would I keep myself up at night stressing out? I do sometimes. I really do. But why would I? Why, why do I do that? 
Why do I stay up at night, tossing and turning, breaking into a cold sweat, anxious, thinking to myself about all these peculiarities that I've got to reckon with if I'm going to be successful? He gives to his beloved sleep, the psalmist says. He gives to his beloved sleep. It's such a beautiful, poetic way to put it. That's another way of saying that God gives peace to his people. And that's not talking about being materially prosperous all the time, being in perfect health all the time, never having setbacks, never having tragedies, never having disappointments, heartaches. That's not what that's talking about. That's talking about having peace in the midst of whatever circumstance. Wealth, poverty, sickness, health, richer, poorer. That is not a concern for you. Because you know in whom you've believed. You know that your object of faith transcends your circumstances. I don't want to be trite. Sometimes people talk this way and it doesn't register because we think, oh, that's very disingenuous. You're saying these things. Do you mean them? You're saying these things to sound a certain way, to win accolades. But really, I, I get that way. I get cynical. I get dismissive. And I think to myself, I'm hearing this from somebody, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, 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 yep, 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 because I don't like truisms. Sometimes truisms are true, though. You know, it's funny, <clears throat> this isn't quite directly related, but it reminds me of a comment someone left on a YouTube reaction video I did and I just saw it this morning. First thing is what I woke up to. People can be unpleasant, by the way, in case you didn't know. Pro tip, people commenting online, not always polite. No, they're, they're not always um, complimentary. So I did a reaction video to the second Trump campaign ad for 2021 for the midterms going after Biden on the Afghanistan debacle, probably because a lot of people were finding the first video flagged, age-restricted for supposed violent content. Okay, fine, whatever. So this second video, I do a reaction video too, and I get a comment from this guy. He says, without even looking, with my eyes closed, I could have guessed that you had seven kids and were from Greeley. How cliche. And so I I replied. We'll see what he comes back with, if he comes back with anything. I'll bet he doesn't. But I replied, just what do you mean by that exactly? Like, elaborate, please. By all means, like, do tell. But I think what he meant was that somehow my commentary on the whole Biden Afghanistan withdrawal thing is funny 
or is ridiculous. My commentary on the campaign ad from the Trump team is ridiculous and silly and ignorant. I think that's what he's saying. He's he's saying it in this scoffing sort of way, like, oh, of course you would say that with seven kids. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so quaint. Oh, that's so provincial. You would say that with seven kids. What a rube. What an incompoop. What a dunderhead. You have seven children. How funny. Of course you have these opinions about Biden. <laughs> of course you're from Greeley. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, of course you'd be from Greeley. Where are you from, sir? By all means, enlighten me. How many children do you have? What an ignorant thing to say you're going to scoff at my having seven children and living in Greeley. What an ignorant, pretentious jerk you are. I'm sorry, but maybe you are fantastically wealthy and sophisticated and metropolitan and you globetrot and you, in your free time, on your weekends, jump in your private jet and you fly to cities around the world and sip coffee and see the sights and leave bitchy comments on YouTube videos concerning how American politics intersect with the concerns of working class Americans. I don't even know if I am working class, by the way, but he presumes, because I live in Greeley, Colorado, that I am some lowbrow, ignorant, Neanderthal, reptile-brained, backwards hick, I gather. Fine. You're saying much more about your own ignorance than you are about my education, my intelligence, my insight. You're revealing far more about yourself than you are about me. By all means, make a fool of yourself. But, you know, it's a funny thing that reminds me. <clears throat> I was pondering to myself this week whether I am blue collar. I keep describing myself as blue collar, but then I thought to myself, Am I? Am I blue collar? You know, there's a, a bit of a spectrum. And maybe to somebody who works in a quote unquote white collar job, there's not as much of a distinction between different types of workers who are not technically white collar, who are not necessarily chief executives in their C suites. But I did a little search on whether there are other types of quote-unquote collar work besides blue collar and white collar. And I found an article at LinkedIn, and I won't bore you with the details of all of the different collars that are supposedly out there that supposedly exist, but I will say this, that pertaining to me, supposedly, I'm neither blue collar nor white collar. I'm what somebody at IBM has termed new collar. So new collar is medium skilled 
workers who do technology jobs. So not blue collar because I'm not low skilled and not white collar because I'm not doing something that requires a master's degree in business administration that requires a PhD. I'm not a doctor. Doctors are supposedly gold collar. Okay, whatever. But new collar. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it matters if I were doing my videos and introducing myself as just myself, just my name, not saying anything about how many children my wife and I have, where I am recording from, where I live. Maybe if I said Denver metropolitan area, Den Denver metropolitan area, then okay, well that would be, that would get me some, some kudos, some points, okay. Fine. But do I care? Do I really? Do I really care? I don't. Call me simple, but Greeley is the biggest and busiest and most amenable place I've ever lived. I'm from Glendive, Montana originally. Grew up a little bit there, a little bit in Savage, Montana, a little bit near Lake Blaine in western Montana, a little bit in Kalispell, then also Hillsboro, Ohio, New Vienna, Jamestown, Ohio, back to Glendive, then on up to Sydney, Montana, and now Greeley. Greeley is all right. I would take Greeley over Glendive, Montana, or Sydney, Montana, or Hillsboro, Ohio, and some condescending twit who wants to chuckle to himself about my living in Greeley can take a flying leap for all I care. Go jump in a lake, why don't you? I think opportunity is where you are willing to find it. There's opportunity in Greeley, Colorado. There's opportunity in Colorado more generally. There's opportunity in the United States of America. And as dark as things can seem sometimes, I think we do well to not be the craven on the edge of the battle, criticizing everything, scoffing at everything, looking for an excuse to fling his sword away and flee. I think we do well to embrace that sword, blunt though it might be, not shiny, not blue-bladed, not jewel-crusted, but this blunt thing buried to the hilt in the sand. I think we do well to grasp at that, pull it out, and hew down our foes. For my part, I've got to run because we've got church this morning. I'm helping with music. So I should get off. I should go finish getting ready, get myself dressed. But I will say this. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the many of you who do reach out on a regular basis or semi-regular basis or from time to time. Appreciate your encouragement. 
hang in there. There is opportunity. We have to have a good attitude about it. Have to have a good attitude about opportunity in order to make the most of it. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.